right, welcome everyone. This is another episode of That Record Got Me. Hi, I'm your host, Rob Elba. And do I sound up? I'm trying to sound up. I feel like the last couple episodes, maybe I didn't sound up enough. But maybe I probably sound like two up now. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to find that that sweet spot. Um, just before I get to my guest who is here live with me uh, right now, I'm very excited about that. But before I get to that, I just want to mention the reason you're not hearing any commercials about, you know, uh, Stamps.com or Squarespace or uh, teletherapy or anything is because of my patrons. So uh, I have great patrons and they support the show. So if you enjoy listening to the show, you want to become a supporter. Go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron, and then we won't have to do those dumb commercials. All right. I got a guest here right in front of me. I'd like to welcome to the show. He is here in South Florida for, you know, because he's here. You could be anywhere. Let's welcome to the show the founder of Dagger, uh, Daggerzine. Uh, originally was Daggerzine. The print scene launched out of New Jersey in 1987 and now continues as an online-only publication out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, and also, most recently, he edited the essay collection Where the Wild Gigs Were, a trip through America's legendary underground music venues on Hozak Books. Welcome to the show, Mr. Tim Heinley. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to have you here, Tim. And we don't, you know, Tim's been, this is his third uh, appearance on the show, but your first live appearance. So this is yes. exciting. You must be especially excited. I mean, <laughs> very, very excited. Very and, and me and Tim totally know each other through the show and through him being a guest. And we don't know, but I know. We don't know, but we know. We're around the same age, and we like, obviously, a lot of the same music. So we're of a certain generation of a certain music fandom, right? Simil a similar ilk. Yeah, similar ilk. We came up probably, you know, I'm sure if we actually got down the brass tacks, we, you know, like started got into bands at the same time and yeah. probably saw a lot of bands on tour wherever we were at the, around the same time you know that's just how it works absolutely and the album that you picked is probably i would say probably for you i would say i'm guessing it's one of those lodestone albums touchstone albums that was important to you as a young man absolutely yeah absolutely just that. yeah just a that was my guess a, fa a favorite of mine and still remains you know, again just one of those albums I could put on anytime any any place anytime and just listen to all the way through and it still sounds as great as the first time I heard it and what is the album abandoned album De uh, the debut from Dag Nasty Can I Say which is released in 1986 on the Discord label yes Washington DC Discord label and full disclosure when it comes to this I was more familiar because I think I got into Dagnasty on their next two records after this. There was Wig Out of Dinkos and uh, Field Day, right? Yep. Always caring, always fine, always reaching for what isn't there. It just isn't there at all. The smallest doubt can swell and grow, and all those tricks into indifference. It makes no Yep. So, and, and then eventually I did, obviously I heard this record and this is a great record, but it's funny because they have different singers though, right? Because Peter uh, Kortner sang right. on those two records. Yep. So that was my first, 
uh, you know, exposure to Dag Nasty was through singer Peter Kortner, but this album has who? Mr. Dave Smalley. Mr. Uh, Dave Smalley, who did the first album and then eventually came back into Dag Nasty, right? He came back at a, um, he played on a uh, 2001 reunion album, Minority of One. But also um, Four on the Floor, 1992's Four on the Floor. He's, he sang on that one. I think you're right. Yeah. I, think he, I think he was on that one. They, they've since reformed and they have their original vocalist, Sean Brown, <laughs> right. who was there before Dag Nasty. Yeah, before Dave, Dave Smalley, right. um, and, and didn't record. Originally, didn't really. There was nothing released with him originally, right? No, but something did come out. Um, it's called. I think it's called Dag with Sean. Oh, okay. Discord re- again. It was recorded back then, but Discord released it. Years ago, okay, from get right. some, something like everything that. eventually comes out, right? Yeah, <laughs> with, with Discord, right? Right. All right. So the last record you did with us was what? The first adolescence, the adolescence, the Blue Album. Yes. So I'm getting your. This is your wheelhouse. Uh, obviously, you. I'm sure you like all different kinds of music too, but I'm guessing you love. What is it? It's simple yet sophisticatedly melodic song structures but delivered with a very uh, intense delivery, a very, uh, like a raw, naked intensity. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. That's your wheelhouse, right? One of of my, that is definitely one of my wheelhouses for sure. Right, right, right. Um, Yeah, and then it's got, and and this album again, it's got great uh, guitar from uh, Brian Baker, who was from... Uh, Minor Thread, Bad Religion, he was in Meat Men for a while. And and he's the constant in Dag Nasty pretty much, right? Yes. Right, right. Yep. Yep. Right. And uh, and also, and this album and an insanely tight rhythm section. Where we got Roger Marbury on bass and Colin Sears on drums. And just so that's that's the thing. It's like hardcore, but it's very dismissive. If you say hardcore, some people may think a certain way, but it's great. It's like played great. They're great songs. Totally. They're just delivered with this intensity and, and passion. Run. Yeah, and this passion, which is that's that's what you love, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, like I said, just great. You know, the recording is great. The songs are great. It is, and I didn't know till just doing it now that Ian Mackay uh, produced it pretty much, right? Him and the band produced it together, right? Yep, yep, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. So they were all. Uh, they're all friends, and they're all out of that DC uh, scene. I think actually, I read Roger and Colin played in uh, another Maryland band, uh, Bloody Mannequin Orchestra. Did you see that? They were in a band in uh, Maryland called Bloody Mannequin Orchestra. Yes, and they were also, I believe, they were they. I think for at least one record, uh, there was a band Alloy with Vic Bondi from Articles of Faith. Oh, I believe oh, okay, I believe okay. they were the rhythm section for at least one or maybe two two of those Alloy albums. I think like Colin was going to grad school in Massachusetts. I know that Vic Bondi may have been, they're all educated types. Uh, Vic Bondi may have been going to school or maybe even been a teacher at, at a college. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they were an alloy as well. But yeah, Bloody Mannequin Orchestra, they're, I think Bloody Mannequin, I think they were pretty obscure. Like I don't, I'm not even oh, sure yeah. if they recorded like, <laughs> al, you know, 
an album or anything. But. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, uh, yeah, a lot of that stuff is, but uh, the people that know that are into that uh, certain milieu would be into that. And you said the one thing you said was they're all like smart guys. They're all intelligent guys. And that's what you could tell when you're listening to it, when you're reading the lyrics. This is thoughtful, very uh, thoughtful uh, right. stuff, right? I mean, they're they're singing, even though they're young. It, 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 the same thing with the adolescents. It drives me crazy because like when I was a kid, I played in bands already when I was, you know, in my late teens, early 20s. But I, I wrote terrible songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do these guys write such good songs when I know. they're so young? I know. Ser- a pretty serious work ethic, definitely from that DC scene. A, seri- oh, right, a serious right, work right, ethic right, for right. sure, you know. But funny, quick funny story that um, I, I had read, might have been in the liner notes to one of the Dagnasty albums, but, you know, for Can I Say, um, I guess Dave Dave Smalley said that he was like in, a, in, the, in the booth doing his vocals, and he looked over, he looked out through the window, the vocal booth, and Ian was kind of shaking his head. And Dave Smalley's first thought was, oh, man, crap. I did something wrong. Right, Ian's, right. Because, you, know, you know, Ian's probably a hero to him, like he yep. used to a lot of us. And he went out there, and he's like, Ian, is everything okay? And he said, Ian was just like, man, this is so fucking great. Oh. This is just so fucking great. And <laughs> right. Smalley said that he, at that moment, he had the feeling that Ian probably kind of wished he was the singer of the band. Ah, okay. So <laughs> I just thought it was a great story. Yeah, that is great. And uh, yeah, it, it took me a while. I remember it took me a while to warm up to Dave Smalley just because I was, like I said, I was so familiar with their next two uh, records yep. with Peter and they've got a different style. Peter's got this more, a little more understated, a little more um, deliberate way of singing. And Dave Smalley is like, impassioned it's like all he he like lays it all out there right yeah it right, sounds right. like he's gonna he's he's gonna blow his voice out by the end of the song you know but it's great it is great but it's just different styles so like i said it took me a while to uh to sort of warm up to it but i did because it's uh it's impassioned and it's funny i, I i'm sure you've heard people compare it to emo or they say it could be like the start of emo right and there are similarities because a lot of the emo bands you know now and the singers they do sing that they sing like over the top with that over the top passion but you know it's not uh i would say it isn't fair to blame them on the emo because a lot of the emo bands now (laughs) right 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 i think that's more like later the rights of spring stuff but um but yeah one thing about one thing you know i noticed about smalley's vocals that he really he enunciates. He's very enunciates very well. His vocals are very clear when he says specific words. Oh yeah, you don't have any trouble knowing exactly what totally, he's saying. Totally, yeah, totally. That's true. That's true. Whereas yeah. you know, like if you listen to the, you know the Sean Brown song, he's like, uh, uh, like you know, he's really just everything's kind of stringing together, and it's a, you're having a hard. He's not enunciating. Right. Oh yeah, as my yeah, mom used true. to say to me, Timothy, you must enunciate when I would like. <laughs> well, yeah. maybe, uh, maybe his mom, uh, Dave Smalley's mom, said the same thing to him. <laughs> All right, so let's get into the opening track. A very anthemic, sort of a statement of purpose, I would call the first. Song, Agreed. Right? Agreed. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Values here.
so good. So I could picture, I could picture in my head now that you said that Ian McKay story. I could picture him sitting there, like shaking his head, going, "Oh man, that's good. That's that's really good, man. <laughs> that's really good." All right, so. What are they saying? What are they singing about? They're they're saying uh, to me they're saying we're punks, but we're also smart and and we're motivated. Like you said, we're motivated punks, and we have work ethic, and we have empathy too. We have empathy and we have values. Like right. a lot. That's a lot. What I get a lot of these songs. It's like it's not nihilistic. Like a lot of some punk bands are very nihilistic, right. and this isn't that. Right. Now, now definitely not. And you know, even you know, even just to come out. You know, fear of failure, fear of reprimand. Two big problems I've never had. Like, I've always had a fear of failure. Yeah, right? I mean, him, I've like, that my, even now, <laughs> my whole, my whole life. Good for them, right? right? It's like, wow, dude, you must have like great parents who like raised you. I never your... doubted, yeah, I never doubted what I had inside. Totally. <laughs> I still doubt what I have, like every know, day of my life. You know, it's yeah, like. good for them. <laughs> right, right. And I guess I I read that that chorus, Fear of Failure, Feel of Reprimand, uh, began of uh, as a song called Trying. Which was on um, We Got a Denko's. Uh, we Got a Denko's. Ah, yeah. Okay. I don't think but, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, you're allowed, bands are always allowed to steal from themselves. Right. <laughs> right. Honor Among Thieves. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, great opening track. And now we get uh, One to Two, which basically I call this punk psychotherapy. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, this is see. one of my favorite songs on the album, if not my favorite song on the album. So good. Let's listen to One to Two. <laughs> There were words I should have spoken, but I kept my fucking mouth shut instead. There, there's, I mean, there's obviously some heavy guilt there. Like, you know, yeah. you know I should have done more. I, you know, right, right. That, like he's like really like, you know, you know what I mean? Cause that first song, it's like, like we said, he's so like self-confident, like two problems I've ever had. Then this song, he goes the total opposite way. And he's kind of like beating himself up over beating himself up for something. Maybe he said what two weeks ago, because he, <laughs> they're so young and he's already thought, singing about Right. regrets and oh i should have been better i, sh- I should have handled that better right. it's like uh, it's so great yeah these uh these guys are badass punks <laughs> but i i like i like the punk psychotherapy yeah 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 right yeah. right yeah it's, it's great so i just this type of uh these type of songs resonate with me a lot more uh now and maybe when i was younger maybe i was drawn to the nihilism more when i was younger it's uh, some of the you know some of the everything sucks Fuck everything punk suit. Because, you know, 
as a kid, that's very you're drawn to that too. That's kind of your mind. kind of your mindset as a kid. It oh, is, you know, but it's but but this. And then as you get older, you realize, oh wow, this is yeah, this is they're right, obviously, but uh, it's still it just blows my mind that they were right so young. <laughs> right, right. And another thing about one to two, just uh, you know, great. Uh, Great bassline. I mean, all the, again, the guitar is great. Everything's great, but you, you hear that like some really great bass. Oh yeah, you know, some bass runs in that uh, in that song. If you focus this album, I notice whatever you focus on, you realize how great the playing is. If you want right. to focus on the drumming, you say, "Oh, Council is tearing it up." If you want to focus on the bass playing, it's like, "Yeah, there's some great bass." Playing. And guitar, like the guitars, like I said, lights out guitar playing. Yeah. It's just like, but it's just great songs played with a lot of passion, right? Yep, That's absolutely. It. it could be anything. Like this next one, uh, Circles, this song, yeah, sounds like, uh, to me, like a hit song, like a hit single. Right, right. <laughs> should, should, have been a, should have been a single. The guitar, right? guitar hook in there is awesome. Again, it's Brian Baker. That guy can do anything. He's, you know... You can yeah. play anything on guitar. Yeah, it's just so catchy, and I love the message in it too. It's kind of because I think it's kind of about speaking out, but ultimately, like a lot of this is like you're speaking out, but you're not really being heard. Like you're you're not being heard enough. Yeah, and and that's what I get in this one. Let's listen to circles. I'm, I'm like looking at the lyrics now and they're so like sophisticated. I, I wouldn't speak my mind. I didn't want to make them mad. I looked up to them for the courage I thought I didn't have. It's like, those are really great lyrics. Right, right. Right. I feel like this is something like a teenager now, teenagers now could listen to this album and it, it's a great album for a teenager to listen to. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. They get, they could, they could gain, yeah, right. Gain, gain an incredible amount of insight from it. Um, yeah. Right. Right. You know, but even about like their own feelings or, you know, what, maybe why they're feeling a certain way that it, you know, cause again, when I was that age, I, we were idiots. Get, right? right. I would just get, get mad and scream <laughs> and I had no idea why I was getting mad. And you know, yeah. So this song I was thinking, Definitely, like this album, what it came out in 1986. That adolescent first adolescence was 1981. You could that influenced a lot of of what went ahead, right? Because totally. this, I definitely hear the adolescence uh, totally on this, right? Yep, yeah, yep, sure. yep. This and uh, I mean, then Milo goes to college. I, I think that in the first adolescent because Milo goes to college. To I think was 82. Right, those two, that and the adolescence, right, yeah, influences yeah. a ton of stuff that came after it. Right, right, because it was just, yeah, it was like, uh, oh, you could be, you could be, 
heavy and aggressive, but you could also be intricate and have melody and have this really great yep. melodies and put them put it all in there. And totally, it's, like, it's great. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, right. It doesn't have to be you know, Sex Pistols, thuggish. You know, which is great in itself too. But it, it doesn't is, have to be th- that. It doesn't have to be that. Exactly. Right. All right. And now we get Thin Line. We get a slow acoustic ballad. I'm just kidding. There's <laughs> there's no ballad. There's no ballads on here at all. Very John Denver-esque. Yeah. yeah. But this is kind of an outlier song because it's a relationship, kind of a relationship song. And that's not, there's not that much on this record. It's not more, it, it's more like uh, about, you know, looking inward to yourself and dealing with society and stuff. And this, I felt like more like, could be like a straight up relationship t- type song. This is a thin line? Yep. Yep, yep. Right? Because there's a thin line between love and hate. Yes. <laughs> this isn't the thin line. Me and Tim are just sitting here. Our heads are bobbing. We're headbanging to it. Rocking out. Yeah, this is just in our will. It's like when I listen to this stuff and this album, It, it at that time, it's my favorite thing to listen to. You know? I just right. Love. Right. It's like right then, it's like, because I think to myself, what else? Could, what else? What do you need? What more do you need? What could, what could be better than this? Right. You know? For the next 30 minutes, these 10 songs. This it's is true. My, this is my world. Yeah. And, and how about that line in that song? Like, you know, how could you give back what you took and tried to hide? Like that one. That was a great line. Yeah. And then um you made me think you were in touch and all the pain I felt when I knew moved when I knew you moved on. Ah, you know, right. It, yes, yes, right. Yeah. Again, it's like he's it's just like I thought you were in touch, then you showed me your true colors. And <laughs> yeah, I, right, you know, it's right. like and I'm in pain, you know, it's like he's you know, it's like he's tearing his heart out because yeah, yeah. this friend moved on from Maybe moved on from the punk scene. Maybe moved on from the friendship. But you know, whatever it was. Right. But yeah, such such an amazing song. That that was like that song. That was my first favorite song on the record. That one again, super melodic, super catchy. Right. But right. Power, right yeah. sear, you know that searing guitar, rhythm sections, just you know, totally hammering away. Now you have a teenager at home. Now you have a teenage daughter. Is she into any of this stuff at all? No. No. She. No. 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 <laughs> she likes. She likes mostly rap. Okay. She she's recently gotten into the Deftones and even a couple other. Oh, I'm not really? a fan of that band, but even some of their songs, I'm like, oh, this song is not bad. Yeah. Every then every once in a great while, she'll surprise me by liking like a B 
Beach House or a Mazzy Star song or a, um, yeah, she'll throw in some pretty right, melodic something. thing that okay. I like that yeah, I like, and yeah. I'm like, you like, but this, you so. tra- but you you can't. I mean, you can't, especially a teenager. You can't force it. You could you could expose them to some stuff, but they're gonna like what they like, and totally. they're gonna discover their stuff on their own, and they'll bring it to you. Oh, do you know this? And you're like, oh yeah, okay, I know that. That's a good song, right? And I re- <laughs> and, and I really like- I, I mean, again, she's 14. I really do hope one day she really discovers like stuff like this. I, I you know, again, I'm not gonna force it down her throat. No, you I'll occasionally play it in the car, but I really hope that she. I hope she comes around to it one day. And if not, it's all right. It'll right. be, it'll be fine. Absol- absolutely. <laughs> all right. So this song, uh, this, another one, uh, this sounds like uh, justification is like the manifesto. I feel like the dag nasty manifesto justification. <laughs> Like they're singing about uh, their their origins and their past, like they're you know like they're these grizzled this grizzled band that has been through all this. Uh, it's just great, and right. uh, yeah, we lost we lost sight of our origins, but right. our past never lost sight of us. Right? It's like like he's like like grizzled old Bob Dylan who's been at it for fifty years, and exactly. they're they're probably like you know. 21 when they recorded the album right but i like i feel like the second part when it's sort of uh, when it when it comes in the second part of the song uh i feel like they're kind of asserting they're saying like no matter what we're gonna stick to our guns when they say um i don't know what i expected uh but i expected to be great i said i'm trying my hardest but he didn't like the tape so i'm thinking they like a, a demo they played a demo to someone and they didn't like it but it's like they know you know it, it's like they're so confident in what they're doing and they know you know they believe in what they're doing and right, that, uh, right you know just when they say not emulation because that's because that's not this hard not imitation because that won't take you far right i mean really why shit right <laughs> right right totally exactly exactly right very 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 wise earnest young men and yeah, and they're singing about the uh, the truth. Like this is that's the thing when you're you know when you're that age and you're in a band, you just feel everything so much, and you feel like you know this is the truth. This is my truth, and I'm putting it out there. Right you now, and they're they're gonna get it. They're gonna get it. They better get it. Yeah, right. I want them to get it. <laughs> I hope they get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe they'll get it. Yeah, but they did. A lot of people did get it because Dag Nasty. I mean, come on. Totally. Who doesn't love Dag Nasty? I mean, a certain. Uh, I don't even know. You know, it's so hard. Don't you find that it's hard because we all like, of course, anyone we know, we talk to Dag Nasty. Oh yeah, Dag Nasty. But if you talk to someone like normal that you work with, they've, they've never heard of them in their life. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, totally, <laughs> right. And most of the bands we talk about, they they right, they'd be like, it's huh? true. So we what? do live in this uh, bubble. Sometimes I I don't know. I wonder, like, how you know, how did this band were they able to survive and 
at least support themselves? Do they get, you know, right, I don't know. Right. Hopefully they do. Oh, one thing I do want to mention, which is great that I purchased this. I, I always purchase the music that I'm going to do on their band camp. They have a band camp. And I got the uh, this album on uh, on Dag Nasty's Bandcamp. So, oh, nice! Yeah, nice. So that's I, great. I didn't even. Not, I mean, again, I've got all I've got all the stuff on CD. I didn't even realize that. I mean, I guess I should have assumed they had a Bandcamp. But I always but get the digital because I want to get the digital, you know, tracks to use in the show and everything. Right. And I always, but I, I always get. It sucks when I have to get it from Amazon or something. But I love when a band when you can still get it at Bandcamp because right. you know they're they're going to actually see some of the money. So totally. That's great. Yep. 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 All right, so now we get side two, I guess. Like when, so when you first had this originally, was it a cassette? Do you remember, or what did you have it on? Originally? It was vinyl. It was vinyl. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. So side two, we get what now? <laughs> those chord changes and those melodies they're so good right and, and and again dude you and you know that because unlike myself you're actually a musician well <laughs> um i have i'm a very poor musician oh, as, okay. as i've stated on this show but numerous no, you can times. hear like again the the bass playing in it and everything what he's doing is it's just right. it, it's just so good and it's so it's not you know the the knock on a lot of hard hardcore is that it's one dimensional and this right. is not one dimensional at all totally totally you know? and then another thing with that that uh, you, 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 know, you know, of course, the Descendants had the song Silly Girl. So here they're saying Silly Boy. You know, they're saying Silly Boy. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, and I think it's about, I, I could be about someone specifically because it's about a friend who used to be like a brother, but fucked up too many times. You know? Right. And there's that kind of spoken word part in the, in the middle where Smalley's like, you know, we saw each other on the street the one day, you know, where he's kind of talking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and I, I don't you know I don't know Rob if you saw the uh, if you saw you probably did that the, the Descendants documentary filmage yes yeah um, but it, there's a part in there where Brian Baker says he goes in 1986 I formed a band called Dag Nasty to pretty much try and sound like the Descendants he actually comes out and says that oh, in, wow, in, in right, that doc, yeah. in that documentary so you right, know right, you know again right. he the melodic you know the melodic aspect of the right, Descendants right. definitely you know definitely yeah. rubbed off well, on him well he was inspired he was inspired by it and yep. that's it yeah but he uh, yeah yeah so that's great and that's uh, that's another thing a lot though all those guys they're always going to be first to give credit to everyone else and to say oh man you know you think we're right. good they're great and that's right. where I got it from they're all really good like that because they all inspired each other so much you right absolutely yeah, Absol yeah ab absolutely yeah i mean yeah you know and i think those two bands uh descendants i'm pretty sure they toured together descendants dag nasty right right um yeah you know old buds and yeah you know give you know give credit where credit is due yep and they still uh and they still tear it up i mean they get together and they're like they're like old guys and they still all these bands still do really great you know yeah uh live and it's so funny it's so it's the opposite of 
not that I want to pit it against someone like Motley Crue, you know, Toy Now, who you just, it's just horrible, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, they, they can't do it anymore. And they're so, they're like bloated and... <laughs> <laughs> and they and and they can't do it but uh there's something to be said for these guys that you know they managed to grow old gracefully live their lives but at the end of the day they could still they could still do this and make this music that they love that they right. still love absolutely you know? i mean you know dag nasty they'd released a two song seven inch four or five years ago it was good it was it was really good that you, yeah. you know they've talked about it a new album being in the works that's been in the works for five years i don't know what's going on with that but right. they yeah, but you know, you know, I mean, yes, you know, it's you know, again, I, I don't mind doing the old nostalgia trip myself, but it's always, you know, it's always cool when when those bands come out with new music as well. And it is, it is. Um, all right, so this next one, I've heard a quick short banger. This reminds me, we haven't mentioned uh, Bad Brains yet, but this one definitely, I feel uh, Bad Brains uh, a little bit. I hear it in this one. I've heard. I heard this. I heard that. What do I believe? It's on again. It's on again. How much you've lost it, it's always gone I know I shouldn't accept what person's word is true Without at least giving you the benefit of the doubt I'm so mixed up by the things you say And the way you act I get so mixed up by the things you say And the way you act I heard this, I heard that What do I believe? It's hard to give, it's hard to get And once you've lost it, it's always gone I know I shouldn't accept what person's word is true Without at least I get so mixed up by the things you say And the way you act I get so mixed up by the things you say And the way you act So you hear a little bad brain You can almost hear HR singing that one I, I never thought of that until just until you just said it, honestly yeah. yeah, and they had. I mean, uh, DC Bad Brains were, were like gods, you know, to these guys. So, uh, and I, you're, I mean, you're a huge, huge fan, right? Yes, I am. First time you saw the Bad Brains? I guess. Which album was it? Um, I Against I, I think. Yeah, yeah that I, was that I, was my I, I December I. of '86. They played that was the first, they played City Gardens. I think it was the first time I saw them. And yeah, they one I, of the at their peak when they're they're on one of the best live bands ever. No oh could, man, no one could touch them. Uh, you know, they're they're one of those bands. I mean, we're talking about Dag Nasty, but they're, the Bad Brains were one of those bands. I wish I wish I would have seen one of those like CBGB shows in like oh, na- right. 1982 yeah, or yeah, so. Yeah. I wish I would have. That, that's you know, I, I yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that would have been like you know. Yeah. I also saw a horrible show when uh, when HR mumbled, just mumbled mostly. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I. It's yeah. They definitely. So they definitely. Bad. They definitely did some some bad shows in there as well. All right. So speaking of anthems, speaking of punk rock anthems, this one under your influence is uh, is an anthem, right? Punk rock Absolutely. anthem. Absolutely. And it's also on Field Day with Peter Cortner singing, but I feel like this is the superior version. Totally agreed. Hundred agreed. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's okay, but it sounds like a cover of this, right? And, and right. Uh, this is definitely the superior version. This version kills. It kills under your influence. Yeah. 
So again, all good stuff about like being your own person, right? And and learning from your mistakes and 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 not following the the crowd. Totally right. Um, I love uh, the line where he says. No safety comes from your numbers. Nothing said or gained. Shirking responsibility. True freedom from what? True freedom. True free. Yeah, I always like true freedom from what. That was always like a great like kind of sing along line at the it's shows. So good, like so. Uh, it's so old yet so uh, timely in a way, right? right. I love uh, stuff like that. Right, as you, as you said, like you know, what I mean, like very wise for very you know wise for young men. Yeah. Um, All right, so we established your daughter uh, doesn't give a shit about any of this. How about your wife? Does your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, l- let me back up here for a second. Actually, the other day when my daughter had like a playlist out, she did pl- she did play "Silly Girl" by the Descendants. She did play. Oh, I forgot okay. that didn't. She does like that. She did say she likes that song. Oh, good. Okay, good. You know, my, uh, my wife. Not yeah. And she, my wife's kind of all, all over the map. She likes like lots of different stuff. Um, she's kind of all over the map. But right. yeah, hardcore. Uh, not not so much. Not so much. Yeah, okay. not not really her thing. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, we got. Can I say more? Like more sage advice. Uh, sage advice in in like less than two minutes. That's another thing that's great. Like there's, you know, these songs are short to the point. They get to the point. There there aren't many leads even in the song. There's just these right. melodic uh, breaks and stuff. But there's no wanking leads. Exactly. Going on or exactly. Yeah. Right. Which is what attract. Well, you know, what, definitely, probably definitely what attracted us to punk rock in the first place is there wasn't those. Right. You know, exactly. wanking like, exactly. you know, the guy from Rat or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> well, Ramones, when I saw the Ramones, I, I realized, I said, I could do that. I could play because I could never play. I'm a guitar player, but I could never play lead. I could never play like Eddie Van Halen. I knew that. But when I see Johnny Ramone, it's like, I could. I think I could do that. Right. <laughs> Bar chords? Yes. Yeah, exactly. S- sign me up. That's it. Um, all right. So more, uh, like I said, sage advice, more about uh, thinking for yourself, I think. Let's listen to Can I Say. <laughs> exhausted my hand hurts just listening to that <laughs> as, imagine as you can probably imagine every time i saw dag nasty live that, that you know you know the crowd would always kind of go nuts and we're always into it but that's that particular song that was a song that just got the crowd oh okay that song got, got the crowd always just whipped up into this complete frenzy right now i was gonna ask you were you because i i know i was and and uh I, I guess I guess I still am. You know how you become a fan of the label and you would like uh, Discord. This was Discord, like uh, SST and Twin Tone. Like you would you would buy. You know, sometimes you'd buy a band just because you know you right. knew that label. You loved it. So were you a Discord fan? Like, did, did you d- discover a lot of bands on Discord? And was they like a, a big label for you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yes, they were. I started probably listening to Discord stuff probably. You know, late 83, early 84, my friend Chris turned me on to it. You know, but I kind of, you know, the 85, 86, 87 era with like, 
Embrace, Right to Spring, this album, uh, Gray Matter, you know, that was like, that was kind of like, that was like the, the golden years of Discord for me. But right. like, you know, at a certain point, I started kind of listening to like noisier stuff, like, you know, Killdozer and stuff like that. So there was a whole, maybe like 88 on with like, band, you know, like um, the Discord bands, like, you know, Fidelity Jones, the Holy Rollers, a lot of those bands, I don't even know their stuff at all. Oh, yeah. I so just know me. I, I, I'm not familiar at all either. Right. So, yeah. I, at a certain, so at a certain point, I did just kind of, Kind of moved on. From Move the, on to other things. Yeah, right. What you right. do. Yeah. At, right. And again, there's, so there's a, there's a whole bunch of discord bands. Again, I, I just couldn't even tell you like one song by, but, um, but yeah, those, you know, you know, you know, when my buddy turned me on like in 83, 84, of course I worked backwards, you know, minor threat and the government issue single and all that stuff. And then got caught up to like marginal man. And then, you know, then like the embrace record came out and the rates of spring record. And that, that that's when I was like just knee deep into it and just like right. loved everything they did. So, and, and thank God we had those friends. What would you do without those friends? Cause I had the same thing. I had some friends that would, that would, they would be the ones that would buy the, the, the record or the tape first. And then I'd hear it in their car and like, right. Oh my God, what is that? Right. Like, right. Like I just got it. And it's like, uh, you know, I got exposed my friend, Brian Dooley in uh, high school. Uh, I remember when he bought who, He was the first one to buy Who's Caduce The first time I heard Who's Caduce Because you couldn't, I mean, I know, I didn't have, I, I couldn't buy everything, you know? Right, right. <laughs> now, was that here in South Florida or was that New York? That was here in South Florida. Okay, yeah. okay. you'd I, already I, moved here at that point. I, yeah, my family came down here in, in the 70s, late 70s. So, okay. Uh, late 70s, early 80s, I was in South Florida, so yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so now we get the final song, uh, and not surprisingly, it's about looking forward and not living in the past. Never go back, right? But it's so funny. Again, it's sung from the point of view of like an older and wiser punk, right? But Brian, I looked it up. Brian Baker was uh, 21 <laughs> at this point. So wow. uh, again, it just, it, it, but when you, when you read the lyrics and when you listen to it, never go back, it does sound like someone so much wiser than their years, you know? Pete Seeger. The Pete, the, <laughs> the Pete Seegers of hardcore. There you go. Never go back. Pictures 
you know, it's it's uh, so true what you said. He like you you hear every word. Like there's no need to go. You know, like what did he say? You know everything he says. Right. He enunciates right. so well. So right. <laughs> it was it was like one of the first things I picked up on on this album. Is it's like wow, this guy is really just clearly enunciates every word which is awesome which you know you know you know which is you know totally awesome um you, you know before this he was in dys you know you know and again i you know you know i liked i wasn't never a never a huge dys fan you know i mean i, I liked i always liked ssd control more but right. you, you know i mean you know i mean there's that the wolfpack album it's good but or brotherhood album um you know, you know i mean good boston hardcore yeah but again he was i think he definitely definitely elevated his game once you know a couple of years later when he when he was in this band now, one thing that's funny, because you mentioned from this, you went on to like more noisier things, but that's kind of surprising to me in a way, because this is so musical and melodic. Why do you think, what, what made you gravitate more to the noisier stuff? Because I think, I think I almost went the other way. I think I went to more melodic uh, things and after this, and I didn't, I, I, I never, uh, you know, I, I maybe was a fan of the noisier stuff earlier, but I didn't go back like what? What was it uh, about that that appealed? To you know, you? it's you know, you know. I think it, you know, I think at that point I was maybe just kind of like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting older. I'm gonna put this hardcore stuff kind of behind me, and you, you know, and it, you know, you know, I mean, part of it was that, you know, part of it was um, friends. You, you know, what I mean, like, yeah, you know, you know, part of it were friends were turning me on to like, you know, Killdozer, Scratch Acid, you know, Mud oh, right. Honey, okay. um, Laughing Hyenas, another one of my all-time oh, favorites. Adult, you're right. It does seem like more like adult music because that's the thing with this. As great as this is, it does seem like like for te- great music for teenagers, <laughs> and it's, so it's it's almost like a nostalgic thing when I listen to it. I feel like almost like I'm back being uh, as a teenager again, you know? Right, and, and uh, right, and a lot of those noisy bands I mentioned were, you know, like Las Carinas. John Brandon had come from Negative Approach, you know, uh, Mud Honey. Mark Mark and Steve were in that band, Mister Epp, you know. Um, you know, so a lot of those bands, right, not right, all of them, right. but a lot of them had come from, had come from hardcore and like, hey, we kind of grew out of that and this is what we're doing now. Yeah, this is more like so birthday party kind of type stuff. Experimenting more, like moving beyond just the uh, the format, the, the traditional right, format. Right, right. Which was, which is still great and it's great songs and everything. But yeah, I, I guess I could see that because I'm kind of the same way. I feel like that that's kind of what happens if you, you know, it, it would be, I don't know, I guess it would be kind of weird if that's all we listened to was this. <laughs> This for the rest of our lives, you know, right? But because, <laughs> right, because right. you know, in addition to the in addition to the noisier stuff, like in the late eighties, I was also starting to like, like that's when I got turned on to like all the flying nun stuff at New Zealand. I mean, yeah, right, you know, right, if somebody, right. if I had to pick one favorite band of all all time, it'd probably be the Chills, you know. So it's like, I right. mean, and the first record you did with us was a Galaxy. Galaxy 500 right? yeah, then right. you know the go between you know my buddy turned me on to the go between so right, again right, I was right. I was kind of straddling in fact my, my in college my buddy said my buddy Rich said to me he goes he goes dude you either like gnarly noise or fairy pop that, uh, that, that was that was the quote <laughs> my friend Rich said that and I was like accurate right I was like a, 
yeah, I guess you, I guess you, I guess you're right. That's that is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty uh, two dimensional there. But uh, no, no, but that's not. That's not. That shows that you're not. Because, like I said, it would be kind of weird if this is all you were you listen to. If you stuck to the melodic hardcore and that's all you listen to the rest of your life, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. When in fact, when you meet somebody like that, you're like, did this guy just like not <laughs> like, evolve? Dude. Like, what, like right? Like what's so? Did, did you not evolve? Like whatsoever? Or like exactly? It, it just exactly. would seem very odd, you know. <laughs> So, but as, as much as we love to look forward, it's great to go back and just listen to it. Just a great record like this. That's just so perfect. It's like a perfect, uh, for its time and for what it is, it's just like a perfect record and it doesn't sound dated either. It still sounds great. Exactly. And I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, right there, you know, there's a lot of records out there. I have to, you know, I'll look, I'll be like, ah, I love this record, but I've really got to be in a certain mood to listen to oh, it. Well, Whereas that, this one, this one, I can SST, just... some of the SST stuff uh, mixed by spot is very hit or miss. You know, it's definitely, <laughs> right. right <laughs> They've right. got their own charm to them, but it's not like this stuff. I just was blasting in my car and it just sounded great. Right. It right. I can listen so to it. Right. Good. Put it on any time, any day. I don't yeah. have to be in a specific mood to listen to it. Yeah. Um, one, one really, a quick, really quick side note here. I, um, I wanted to give a shout out to the drummer Colin Sears, who's an old friend of mine from Portland, Oregon. Hey, oh, Colin. really? So when I moved when I moved to Portland uh, 20 years ago in 2002, I I was reading the, there was a book a uh, DC book called Dance of Days, and in, in the, you know, and in the back it had you know you know kind of like a Where are they now? And it said like Colin Sears is in city planning in Portland, Oregon. And I'm like Portland, that's where I just moved to. Whoa! So I, I ended up getting an email address from him. You know, we got in touch. I, we went down to, I met him at a bar and we did an interview. You know, then I think at that point we're like, oh wait, we're like the same age. Let's, so we became friends. Yeah. Super, oh, that's great, nice. Yeah. Super great it's guy. It's funny. I have a, like I noticed, um, like I've been Facebook friends with him for years and I remember what it was is I have a really good friend that she, she doesn't live, she, she lived in Portland for years and they were, they were a, a dating for a while. Oh, they were a couple and she, he was her boyfriend and I'm like, wait, Colin Sears from Dag Nasty is your boyfriend? <laughs> But I'm not going to mention it. I don't know. I don't know how it ended or anything. I don't know if it was good or bad or indifferent. I don't know. But uh, I never, uh, I, I went in there and visited her, but he wasn't, I don't know. It was either before or after, but. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, he's still, he's, uh, yeah, still lives in Portland as far as I know. Yeah. Okay, just nice. Super nice guy. And as we just heard, a really, really fantastic drummer as well. Yep. All right, so like I mentioned before, the the most recent uh, the essay collection where the wild gigs were a trip through America's legendary underground music venues. Uh, you can get it on Hozak Books, right? You know, I just uh, I got an email from Todd, the publisher, recently. It looks like uh, the, the second edition is sold out as well. Oh, really? And right now, and I don't at, at, at the moment he has no plans to re- republish. Third, he, so that's it. He, he he may do a third, like in the in the future. But as all right, but I saw some ru- I saw some rumblings that there might be a part two. Yes. Yeah. I'm slowly, <laughs> okay, very good. slowly working on a volume two. Yes. Oh, good. Well, maybe someone, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be me, but someone maybe could do uh, a Churchill's uh, down here, Churchill's Miami, because that is a legendary club that was around since 1979. And uh, it's, just uh i think it's pretty much done now <laughs> but uh <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of churchills let me uh let me check my again i need to get back it's been right yeah let me get back to my list okay. and, and look over but it that's but good. Uh, that's exciting because that's a really great book it's kind of sad to hear that but you know what screw it whoever got it is smart and they got it and that's it <laughs> thank you yeah I, I like that you know and who, you know who knows maybe maybe todd will uh you know you know do like a third or eventually once you have the second one that's done then we could do a, a compilation thing or both of them like a special issue issue like the five-year anniversary or right something, right you know that okay, I, I like that idea awesome. i like that idea yeah, i have good ideas 
All right. So, uh, Tim, anywhere else you want to send people if they want to go? Does that, do you still, is Dagazine still on last time? What was it on? Like some weird website that I didn't even think existed anymore. Uh, Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> still on Tumblr, baby. Da- Daggerzine.tumblr.com. Okay. Um, I took a few months off over the summer, started updating again a couple of weeks ago. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm still uh, right, still, nice. still still putting reviews on there. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, still still discovering all kinds of great new stuff out there. Awesome. Since 1987. Yeah, we're old, aren't we, man? <laughs> we're old, aren't we, Rob? Yes. She whiz. All right, so don't forget, everyone, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's at That Record Got Me High. Also, that Facebook group got me high. On Twitter, it's at TRGMH Podcast. You can email me at TRGMH33 at gmail.com. And uh, most importantly, if you guys, you know, if you want to still listen to the show and not hear me do dumb commercials or anything, uh, it, it, it's working, though. It's, uh, it's going good. We've got a great group of patrons, and we do our patron episodes, which are really fun, and everyone participates in. Uh, it's great. So you can go to patreon.com forward slash TRGMH and become a patron of the show, like Tim. Tim's a longtime patron. Yes. <laughs> yes. Best, best money I ever spent. There you go. See? Uh, what else can I say? Also, don't forget, if you don't do that, that's fine. But just rate whatever you listen on. Uh, write a little review. You could rate it and make sure you're subscribed to it so you don't miss one exciting episode like this one we just did with Tim. Tim, it was great. I'm really glad I got to see you in person. And maybe, yeah. and maybe I'll be seeing more of you. You just very well may. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. Great being here. All right. We'll see you all next week. I'm Rob Alba. We're out of here. I had a bunch around the loaded gun They look so sharp, they look like one If you ain't got a look, you'll never be one I had a bunch run with total sass I had a good mate to know you trust There's never no bother, and there's never no fast